out with another episode. Um, What's the name of the program? The name of the program is No Films Given. <laughs> You're listening to us right now. <laughs> We're so good at this. <laughs> I love my job. Ten points to Ryan. <laughs> so yeah, this is No Films Given again, and I'm Kyle. I got to choose the movies this week on like other weeks where I don't get to choose because the other guys choose. I don't know where I was going with that. But... Can, so, we, can we start by saying that that we actually started working on a different topic and then had to change it because it was too depressing? So we decided to do something a little more lighthearted. It was, it was too dark. <laughs> We're get, we will get back to that because I worked, I watched a Clockwork Orange, and that is not going to be for nothing. We may revisit. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that we're doing something. Did any a of you watch any of the movies? Any no. of the three for that week? Well, I uh, I started yeah. uh, the seven one. I started seven, but it was way. That's the best movie of the three. It, I was trying to like, pay sure. attention. Questionable, but it was I, it was it revolved too much mental involvement for me to keep up at the time. I I think that movie is it's the more critically acclaimed yeah. and memorable pop culturally than the one I will uh, uh, requiem. I I watched that and I was like, this is hard. So we each the trailer alone. I watched I watched Frankie's. You watched mine, and you started to watch his. That's funny. I'm glad that we're talking about a different topic. Anyway, okay, (laughs) so okay, I'm okay with this one. (laughs) So this week, my choice was what's the topic? I'm I'm about to say what the topic was. No, you said my choice. Well, my my choice for the topic is (laughs) non. Marvel or DC superhero films. Sort of. And what I find funny is that we actually all chose, to my knowledge, all non-comic book superhero films. Was yours a comic book? Mine is loosely connected to a comic book. Okay, because mine is not a comic book. And mine was not a comic book. And yours was not a comic book either. So, for my choice, and again, I'm Kyle, uh, I chose the 2010 James Gunn-directed Super, featuring Rain Wilson and Elliot Page. Yes. Can I say, I had never heard of this movie before. I'd never seen this movie before. So when I watched it yesterday, I went into it with a a lovely, like, rose-colored glasses of, this should be interesting. I did not know who directed it. So it was also, I kept seeing people was like, this seems like a James Gunn movie. And then I realized, oh, this is, in fact, a James Gunn movie. Yeah. And it was horrifying. It, 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 it's, it's a movie. It's, it's a tough, <laughs> it, it's a tough movie. I have only seen it once and I realize that that's going to be a theme for me for this podcast is this is going to be me rewatching movies that I've probably only seen once or twice. Now, did you, did you the see the movie when it first came out? Like, did you go to the theaters to watch it? I didn't this one? see it in theaters, no. But I did see it when it first came out, when it was first on HBO. Oh, or okay. you could rent it or something. I definitely didn't see it in theaters. I don't even know if it had a big theatrical release, to be honest. Because I don't remember it that much. No, it 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 bombed at the box office. Because I remember the, the thing that drew me towards it was Rain Wilson, Height of the Office, right. Dwight. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be funny. It's Dwight as a superhero. And though there are funny moments in this because of how out there it is, it's a gruesome movie. For I was, rough. I, I mentioned to Frankie, for somebody that does not like gory, torture porny movies or any type of horror movies, this movie is very bloody and very gruesome at parts. And I was very kind of surprised that you picked it. 
I I had never heard of this movie. So when I watched Same. it, I like did not know what to expect. I'm not going to say I loved it. I'm probably never going to watch it again. But there are parts of it that I actually really liked. And there, there were like maybe one or two laugh things, which I'll get into later. But in general, it was an all right movie. I think it had... When, it, when you think of the superhero genre, it was pretty interesting because the thing that I thought about watching it was Breaking Bad. You sort of had, because yes. he's, you think it's going to be a funny comedy because it is Rain Wilson, but it ends up being almost uh, like an anti-hero movie. It, it's a and dark he, Yeah, and he kind of takes on this Walter White thing where you kind of root for him even though he's a superhero, but he's going around and he's doing these violent things to these quote-unquote criminals because some of them are criminals and then the other people are just people who butted in front they of them so line. one one thing i want to <laughs> it give was a, very serial mom i, I want to give <laughs> yes yeah. i want to give a quick synopsis just so uh, the people okay, know. okay so rain wilson his wife is an is a drug addict she went through recovery and everything and then falls back into it so kevin bacon who is the main bad guy ends up taking her away from him because of the drugs and his wife has lived tyler ew i hate her <laughs> oh i, I just where did that come that. from that's actually my first note for the movie live tyler ew my first note was rain wilson ew oh yeah agreed but anyway so then he decides to become this vigilante called super and he goes around no, the town the crimson oh the crimson bolt sorry um and then he goes around town, like Frankie just said, fighting crime. But sometimes the crime is drug dealing. Sometimes it's a guy butting in line at the movie theater. So his his judgment is a little off. And he doesn't just arrest these people or anything. Most times he smashes them in the head with a pipe wrench. Yeah, his, his and it's weapon very is a red pipe wrench. <laughs> so I don't want to go too much into it in case if you want to watch it. But that's a loose... Synopsis of the movie. He eventually gets a sidekick in Elliot Page. Bolty, which I thought was real stupid. Yeah. There's a very I think a very I... graphic and upsetting rape scene that I did not care for. Well, I... but a but... explain it wasn't Rain Wilson. Not rape. He did not rape. <laughs> he was the rape victim. Yes. <laughs> um the... Okay, what so my favorite part of the movie is so without spoiling too much. Or anything so that people watch it. And I'm not going to f***ing do a plot synopsis like I always do. Um, what I did not like about the movie is that they basically like imply that the reason that uh, she reverted back to drugs and went back to her ex-boyfriend, the drug dealer, was because he was boring and did this, yeah. this, this. But they never really gave you that amount of like what the what he was mundane about they just made him seem like a simple like a simple kind of quiet guy yeah. they didn't go he real hard he was a cook at the restaurant that she was a waitress at they did that and then they would go home and be together and go out on picnics and stuff but which wasn't is like adventurous yeah he wasn't an adventurous guy so apparently that made her want to do heroin again which makes no sense yeah but she was kind of using him to recover from her own yes. right, addiction which, which they implied like they gave her more plot development than they gave him which i didn't like and then at the yeah. like the the ending of this movie was so, so good and for it lack was. of a better word beautiful and poignant it didn't belong in the movie because the rest of the movie didn't give enough credence for yeah. that to actually make sense I, I agree because usually i would call this a revenge story 
And I think most of the time in revenge stories, the main character at the end, just like Breaking Bad, it, they don't have a happy ending. No. You know, they, they do this big struggle. They have this moral downfall. And then normally something bad happens to them, even though that they were maybe we're still rooting for them because they're anti-hero. And the same thing, I think, well, the same thing didn't happen to him. It was kind of weird. It took the opposite effect. So it's like, oh, everything's good. Yeah. And I do. I wrote to go to touch on what you just said about the ending being sort of beautiful. I wrote that ending fight sequence was crazy, silly, gory, stupid, awesome, intense and exciting. It's everything I wanted for that movie to end. So, but it was also, that, did you say shocking? Because there was a part was. of that, not giving it away, yeah. that I thought was yeah. very shocking when they tried to storm the house. I was yeah. like, I didn't see that coming. So uh, that part was good. But what I'm talking about is like when he's like narrating what happens mm-hmm. and then like literally the last like maybe two minutes or whatever where he's like in his room and he's doing something and he's like, we see it all kind of go on. It's a very just like touching and beautiful. And it's like, Oh, the lesson was learned, but it seemed like it was so out of place because the tone was so much more like happy and uplifting outside of the reality of how dark and brutal kind of the rest of the movie was. And that's what I thought. It didn't make a lot of sense though. I enjoyed it. That making yeah, no. yeah. Party was also was like upset that his wife had such a nice ending because she was the one that was such a piece of sh- yeah. yeah earlier she, in the movie she kind of like yeah, yeah, spy, yeah. like she left him for no reason yeah he was like the quote unquote boring, boring boring guy boring but she turned to drugs and and then everything worked out yeah. for her now. Kevin Bacon scene, when you first meet Kevin Bacon, he comes over to the house looking for his wife. He cooks yeah, some the eggs. The egg scene, I hey, thought egg was hilarious. <laughs> and just, they took the moment to have some strange dialogue there between Kevin Bacon and Rain Wilson's it character. It really shows him being such a, Rain Wilson being such a pushover to then where what he becomes and yeah. where he goes from there. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. Uh, the parts that made me laugh in this movie, so... Besides the weird hentai tentacle porny things that were going on, there was so weird. that was so weird and random. There was a like when he was watching the like the Christian superhero. I was gonna say that that's one of my favorite. Those parts. are yeah. the funniest parts because that's it's what Nathan Fillion Nathan as Fillion. Um, Christ Man. Yeah, he's basically or like, Holy Man or something. There's like man Bible something. Man, right in real life. And then life. and then the devil is James Gunn, yeah. and the whole time he's just like, "Ooh, I want her." <laughs> yeah, he's like doing these weird. Thing. The whole time he's just and, doing it, and it's he's like obviously talking to like what looks like a porn star, and then this dude in like a leather harness and nipple piercings. It's like we were just gonna have sex, but you showed us that purity is the way. Dang it, I wanted her to do it. <laughs> like flicking his. It was so time. It was so weird, but funny. And it's funny if you watch it because, uh, holy man, whatever the hell his name is, will just be standing there giving his monologue, and the devil will be off to the side, just like the whole time. It's like he was like lust man or something. It's like just turn away from the lust, and they're like, "Thank you. We were just we were heavy petting, but I realized that that wasn't the the, that wasn't the Lord's way." He was dang it. (laughs) He was demons will, and Nathan Nathan Fillion was the Holy Avenger. The Holy Avenger. So that's one thing. Uh, Okay, that's one thing I want to talk about. It's because I know to some people who really love movies, cast is a big thing. And seeing this cast is pretty crazy that it bombed, but also I understand the content. But you have you have James Gunn, Rain Wilson, Elliot Page, Liv Tyler, ew, Linda Cardellini, who is Hawkeye's wife, Kevin Bacon, Nathan Fillion, 
Sean Gunn, Michael Roker, and one person that you only see him for a bit and he just plays the voice of him was that scene where Rain Wilson's in his bedroom and God visits him. The voice of God is Rob Zombie. Oh, Interesting. So, so I will always credit a director with sticking with the people that, that he likes. That he Michael likes. Roker, Sean Gunn, his brother. Like, so that's why I said I did not know this was a James Gunn movie mm-hmm. until I started watching it and seeing all the characters and all the people. I'm like, this is a James Gunn movie. And then like it like kind of clicked. Um, I did think that oh, what was what was I going to say? Um, did this come out at the same time as Kick-Ass? Because it was very much the same thing. And I think the reason this bombed at the box office is because maybe there wasn't a huge amount of marketing that went into Probably it. Probably not. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the overall budget for this movie was only $2.5 million. Only. I mean, Insidious had less than that. Kick-Ass okay. came out in the same year. So that's probably wise, because Kick-Ass was about kind a of high the same, budget. same subject matter, higher budget, a lot more marketing. Where this one was more grounded like kind of felt felt almost independenty yeah so then it, it was like competing against a behemoth so who are people gonna go see they're really like they probably were like oh this should have been kick-ass and i had never heard of the movie super until you brought it up and that movie came out in 2010 so i think marketing was probably a big yeah was a, a big, big reason a big why. reason why people didn't see it it's also a it's an oddball movie it is you know to be honest but i think it's worth giving it a watch it's worth a watch i'm glad i watch it but i'm never gonna watch it again i may i may yeah i, I saw it in 2010 it's now what 12 years later maybe in another 12 years i'll be like <laughs> what was that movie with rain wilson where where is the superhero <laughs> like i you know i don't he a leading man rain wilson is not no, but i enjoy not. i enjoy his like these weird things like he also did a movie recently called cooties and it was about like zombie children and he's the pe teacher and like it's basically all the teachers are trying to escape this school where all the children are ravenous zombies because they eat like tainted chicken nuggets so he's got a niche so he has a niche for like independent weird Weird horror movies movies. yeah i i mean i'd recommend it yeah i recommend it too yeah i think it was a fun i recommended it to you guys thanks (laughs) for picking an interesting movie for fucking once Boom! Boom! So when we come back, whose movie are we gonna do? It'll next? be Curly's next. All right, because <laughs> he, he'd be the next oh. pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, cool. So we're going to come to mine, which I would say is probably arguably the more commercially successful of the three of our movies. Yeah, I think so. And who are you? I'm Curly, obviously. Nice to meet you. I have a very distinctive voice. Yeah, it sounds like... Wait, what? What? (laughs) Or are you going to... It sounds like... What are you going to say? What are you going to (laughs) say? I don't know. It's going to be something about Kermit the Frog. That's odd. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, uh, I have to say, I took a lot of notes... On mine and his, I have three bullet points for yours. Wow. Okay. And I'll get to it once. And why I I only have three and I'll get to it. So I don't know. I did not research the year on any of these. I was really bad with my notes this time. But this was the 2000s from... 
Uh, uh, like, 2007, 6, 12, 13, what? 2012. <laughs> <laughs> the 2012 Josh Trank-directed movie Chronicle. Uh, whenever we start talking about superpowers and movie and superhero movies, this was the first thing I thought of because I remember watching this movie in the theater and loving it. And I don't like movies that are done on like a handy cam or w- w- that perspective that like Blair Witch Project or anything. But uses. they did they did this one, and I said this to me and ja- uh, my wife watched it last night. Um, it's done really well. It it's not very well. shaky. They still give that illusion because it's a little grittier than normal cameras. And the way they zoom and the way they do this and that, it doesn't look like Blair Witch. It doesn't look like uh, uh, the monsters through New York City, Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Uh, Cloverfield. It doesn't look shaky and gross like that. Yeah, it's, it's very well done. Like So that's what I was getting to is that... Yeah, well, I like to cut you off because you talk weird. We already established that at the beginning oh. of the segment. Jeez. Wow. Right. Kermit the Frog voice ass having motherfucker. <laughs> you, you're not allowed... You can't, Someone had you, one, you, you but, can't one Bud Light seltzer and No more seltzers like, for you. I'm sorry. That was rude. We're all, I love we're all you. good. It's okay. I know I'm better. Um, But... What I liked about the movie is, yeah, it's from that 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 style of footage, found footage, if you will, uh, thing. It's done really well. The way the film was made was really cool. It's interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. There are scenes that are truly surprising and shocking. There are some not great parts. Uh, it's done really well. It's filmed really well. Um, some of the things that I really like about it. What's a quick synopsis real quick? Okay, so basically... There is an outcast. There is the outcast's po- like pseudo popular cousin, and a other really popular kid. They're at a party, and they find this glowing crystal orb thing that had fallen f- obviously from space. There's a giant hole outside this house party. They sort of touch it and then they black out and then it's like a couple weeks later and they all start to have telekinesis they start throwing baseballs at each other's face they all have they They all all do exactly what you would do if you got superpowers out of nowhere which is what i thought was good is that it wasn't like i have superpowers i'm perfect at using them every thing it it was like oh no a very coming of age we can suddenly do this let's learn how to do it the scene where like so synopsis they're doing that um, they're figuring it out. Um, the the outcast kid has like is in an abusive family. Like his stepdad or his father beats the shit out of him. It's his father and his mother and his dying. mother's dying of cancer. So he's like obviously mentally like he's having a hard time. He's having a hard time. Um, and basically they figure out how to use their powers, and he starts to become popular again. But then he gets ostracized. One of them dies in a freak accident and then the outcast kid suddenly decides oh i have power so i'm a quote apex predator so he starts to he turns evil basically like an accident happens his father tries to beat the shit out of him again then he turns evil battle ensues you know and that's not even obviously it sort of seems like a spoiler but it's not you could see it from the onset and also the second that you see his face you can just tell he's the bad guy. Yeah. He plays Harry Osborn in Spider-Man 3, and he just looks like a villain. D- Dane DeHaan has a very yeah. distinct face where he just looks evil, slimy. 
Yeah, let's had, say it that way. Like he, I, he doesn't necessarily. He could be nice, but he looks slimy. This is a movie I think I really enjoyed his performance in. Because other movies you see, and maybe his performances seems a little bit out of place. But this one, I really believe that he was the outcast teenage kid in high school who wanted just to film everything. And what I really thought was, I had a lot of good thoughts about this yeah. one because it is found footage, but it does found footage. I think in a a different way it builds on the movies that came before it there's a part like we were talking about it earlier there's a part in it where like obviously this is happening in modern times but he's filming on like a camera that he was able like he got for christmas or he saved up his money for but yeah, there's he a was part using in it to document document the abuse his father was putting him through what was interesting about the what i what i liked that they did is there were parts in it where when the final battle is happening, the villain basically uses powers and steals everybody's like cell phones and stuff. And he's having them circle around them in midair. And so they were able to cast the illusion that it was still found footage, but they were obviously like from the audience, you're looking at it like it's actually a film, like in front of you, not yeah. some found footage thing, but it was because of the way they did that. And they were rotating all of the, the, um, iPhones and shit around him. And so you could see, you could tell that it was a true camera that was like panning around, but the way they filmed it, like the illusion happened. Yeah, I thought a, it was really cool. That was a very well done scene. I think what the movie did really well is like most found footage films, it always starts off really grounded and almost kind of bland because everything is supposed to seem real. But you start that way with the just simple documentation of him like trying to being record. Being a high school kid. Yeah, being a high school kid and just going through everyday life. And then by the end of the movie, it progresses so intensely that now you have this big superhero villain battle going on in a found footage kind of movie. And I don't think a movie's ever done that before or has done that since. And, like, so I just thought that the way the way they told the story was cool. The shocking parts were legitimately shocking. Yeah. They're the one part that I really don't like, and it was kind of cliche, is like, when the guy officially becomes evil, he's, like, in a hospital bed because an accident had happened. And the father is, like, cussing at him because his mom finally died. And the the father's, like, accosting him. And he goes to, like, punch him. And the kid just snaps awake and grabs his hand. And that's when it's, like, all bets are off. He's evil. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. I was, like, kind of lame, but I'll give it a pass. Because the movie in general was very good. Yeah. And I have some, like, interesting tidbits that I will talk about once y'all are done. Yeah. And I, I started this off by saying I had very little notes for it. And it's because I've seen this movie before when it first came out. Again, probably not in theaters. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But I have such such little notes is because I was, like, entranced by it. Yeah. it. It was so much better than I remember. It was a It was a good movie. So definitely I suggest going out and watching it, picking it up. It's actually free on... Uh, uh, where videos go on the internet for people to watch for Pirate free. Bay? No, <laughs> it's a it's a website that has tubes in it. So go to that website and you can watch it for free. Red tube? Yes, that's where you beat your meat. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but no, it was it was a great movie. And when you picked, it, I'm like, oh, Chronicle. I've seen it. Like, no, no big deal. But watching it again after ten years, it was excellent. I had never seen it, and I loved it. Oh, it's yeah, great. It was my first time I'm happy watching. we could do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. It I was tend serious. to pick the movies that, like, no one thinks of, but for once, Kyle kind of won up to me with Super. 
Yeah, that was but true. I think, I think. No, I don't know. Okay. I was gonna say I think Chronicles a better movie. It, it might be, but Super is just it's out there. It's weird. It's Super is definitely like it's out there and obscure. Yeah, but it's enjoyable. Chronicle was much more mainstream. Mainstream, yeah, so, which makes movies better sometimes, sometimes it being mainstream so i have a couple of factoids for you let's go so one of the reasons that this made me think or this category made me think of chronicle immediately is so we talk about marketing like marketing does a lot for how a movie is accepted by an audience one of the things that they did for this movie and i can't remember what city it was in it was either in new york city or it was san fran but they made droids or drones and they put human casts on them and flew them around the city. And people were freaking the f*** out. Because they were like... Made drones and put human casts Like it made it look like people were like, flying. So it made it look like humans were flying oh, okay. around a city. I was like, and why people would they put were freaking cast? the hell out. And they were like, oh, it's an app for Chronicle. And I'm like... And well, the hat, like, <laughs> what What would you do if you were standing outside on, like, a smoke break or having your coffee outside an office building and you just saw three humans flying past you? Because obviously they're that high. You can't see if they're real or not. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. You'd be like, Honestly, and then they're like, go see Chronicle. I'd be like, yeah, I want to know what that's, this is. that's so smart because I wonder if it worked because I'm thinking maybe they did that hoping that people would film it on YouTube. And it, uh, it's almost like a live footage. Yeah. We're not allowed to say YouTube. I just danced around it for 10 minutes. How, how are we not allowed to say it? Because they're not paying us. You're allowed to reference it. You can okay. say the word. Pay us. YouTube. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, so you, you probably had uploads before people realized it was an ad for a movie. You had uploads of people seeing this weird stuff the, going on in the city. 2012. Yeah, like And it freaked people out. They're like, what is this? And then like shortly after they're like, this is an ad for Chronicle. And people were like, oh, okay, no, I'm going to go see it. Smart marketing. Like smart marketing. They didn't have to spend a bunch of money to do that either, because drones are not that expensive, but they probably spent a couple grand. Yeah. Do I want- do have a question for both of you guys. Yes. Do you think this movie would be as effective as it is if it wasn't found footage style? No. I don't think so. No, because what was good about it was the intimate details and the character development. Because you literally, like, you didn't get much development from Michael B. Jordan's character because he already kind of had it all. Like, he wasn't an outcast. He just, he made some friends and he got some powers. So he didn't have a lot of place to go. The cousin obviously was protective of the awkward kid. So, like, you had a little bit of that and he had to kind of take the responsibility into his hands. But the character development of... The outcast who was the main videographer. It, it was his it story. Was, it was really his story and having that being able, like him interacting with the camera and when he was like moving it around his room to film himself and stuff like that, it gave you like kind of like the peek inside of like his everyday life without it being forced. So I thought that. But the other factoid I, so two things. One, they were immediately trying to do a sequel and the director, Josh Trang, was like, I never intended this to have a sequel. I don't like this. Whatever. Walked away from the project. They've been trying to develop a sequel for years and as of last year, they greenlit a, it's either a sequel or something in the same universe and it's going to be an all-female cast. So That's what I was about to ask. Do you actually think that it'll get off the ground? Because they've been talking about it for a while. So it is off the ground. I don't know, like, 
I would be curious to see how they do it. I hope that they do it justice, and I hope they don't just try to rehash it. I hope they actually try to figure out it says what the thing is. It says it's going to be set 10 years in the future. Okay. So kind of like a present day kind of 2022. thing. 2022. It'd be kind of cool, too, because you don't. we don't really get a lot of found footage films anymore, and I think it's a fun genre, especially if it's done well like Chronicle. So I would like to see something like that come back. Well, and they didn't... Um, they never explain what the thing is. They obviously think it's extraterrestrial, but it's gone when they go back to try and like root out what happened to them. So I hope that this one, instead of just rehashing the girls learning their powers and doing X, Y, Z, I hope that they kind of do a little more development to what this is and make it interesting. But that also leads to some pitfalls. What well, is it? Do. Was it gone? Yeah, the be- hole was covered up. No, they remember was- they went down and it was gone. And then when they were leaving, they went back again, and that's when like the government was there. Oh, okay. But okay. Um, remember, like, am I correct? Like that was. Kyle well, I just remembered it caving in, and they couldn't get to it again. Um. Yeah. That's all I remember. I I don't know if it was necessary because when they pass well, out after touching it, it crumbled and it caved in, and then they were just out, well, and maybe- then they went back, and the hole was covered, and then the government agency whoever was at the police and then when they went back the third time it had like crop circles growing out from south from the hole and things so maybe then it's gonna be like human experimentation or something anyway whatever josh trank was like this basically started his career it was gonna be like he was like rising star in hollywood because of this and then after fan four stick he kind of like he, Fantastic Four remake. Yes, he he <laughs> he bit the hand that fed him because of studio interference ruined that movie. He disavowed the movie and said it was shit before it even aired. So then he hasn't done any directing really in. He had like went five years and I think he only recently started directing movies again as of 2020. That was one of the big biggest disservices to a character ever. Doctor Doom in that Fantastic Four movie. Up until the Doctor Doom part, it wasn't a terrible movie. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Oh, God. But that Doctor Doom hurts my soul. It was the wig for me. It hurt my soul. It was the wig for me. They put... put For who, Kate Mara? They put Kate Mara in this, like, horrible, like, hard front wig, and it was very distracting. Yeah, but Michael B. Jordan was in it, so I'm okay with it. Well, we'll see how they do the next... That's that's something else I wanted to say, is, like, you don't really see found footage films promoting people's careers and you see dan dehan and michael B. jordan like they went somewhere after that movie yeah. and like the cousin like the the good guy cousin he did a couple of movies and he's had a career sort of yeah. was he he was the john travolta character in the carrie remake so he's okay. done some he's done some yeah. things but obviously michael b jordan is like the the real star of all that which he really did steal the show too in chronicle which is why they had to and kill him with a strike of lightning spoiler <laughs> jesus we're trying not to give the whole movie away you dolt it was funny it, it was it was it was that's shocking one those, that's one of those shocking parts literally but yeah if you haven't seen chronicle 10 10 out of 10 would recommend yeah same 10 out of 10 cool yeah very good all right moving on we're gonna take a break We're back. 
Hello, friends. Yeah. All right. So for this one, I want to take you guys a little bit back in time before superhero movies were really as big as they are today. Everywhere you look, there's a superhero movie. But in 1999, there was Mystery Man. <laughs> yeah. oh, when you said this, I like I immediately was like my childhood. Yeah, it's it's okay. So if you've never seen Mystery Men, it's about these. Uh, and this plot sounds very traditional, but when we start talking about it, and breaking it down, or if you've ever seen it, you know that it's not traditional. So it's a story about these B-list superheroes, maybe even Z-list, if you will. They're not B-list. They're they're <laughs> pretty they're pretty far down there as far as like the kind of superheroes they are and their powers that they have, but. They pretty much have to become the superheroes of the city because the main superhero the main is superhero not available. It's not available because of his own, really his own doing. Because it's in a world that's actually, and to talk about the landscape that it, that city that it takes place in, like very Gotham esque. It's huge. Yeah. yeah, I loved the city in the movie. Very Gotham esque. I loved. It was very uh, what's what's the term? What do they call? It's very it's very stylized. It's very um, it's very dark, like um, gothic. Uh, gothic. That's what I was. It's gothic. like very very oversized. Like it's very cartoony. But yeah. at the same time, with all the neon lights, sort of made it like a Tokyo. Yeah, there's a lot of neon. Interesting the city. enough, they actually reuse set pieces to create that city from Batman Forever. Nice. Some, some of those set pieces, so you can kind of see that involvement, which is kind of a fun tidbit. And I'll talk about here in a second. But this movie starts. It's got a really big cast, and the cast is pretty good. It's got Ben Stiller. Uh, I always pronounce this one wrong. It's Janice. Jan- it's Janine Garofalo. <laughs> Ew. Shut Thank up. you. I thought she was probably yeah. one of the best parts of the. She's movie. one of the best parts of that movie. Outside of that movie, ew. <laughs> it had William H. Macy, Hank Z- Azaria. Gee, I can't read today. Rank Azaria. It had Paul Rubens, <laughs> well, aka Pee Wee Herman. And I want to thank you, Pee Wee Herman, for taking 15 minutes away from jerking off in a movie theater to make this film because you were my favorite character. Oh my god, he did that one time. Yeah, but he still did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It also had Kel Mitchell from Keenan and Kel. So that tells you which, right then and there how 90s this movie which is. Which I liked his character a lot, too, because he was... His just, character was great. He was just, like, the happy, like, I just want to be a superhero, and I can go invisible, and nobody can look at me to yeah, know what actually happened. Don't look at me when you're doing it. And, of course, last but not least, Jeffrey Rush was the villain as Casanova Frankenstein. And he was also <laughs> a great <laughs> character. Did you not say who Captain Amazing was? Greg Kinnear. Oh, yeah, Fucking Greg, Greg Kinnear. Kinnear. I actually skipped that one. The Prince of uh, Indiana. There were, and I don't know if that's true, but it's a Parks and Rec joke. Watching it now, so I will let you continue, but watching it now, there are also a lot of cameos in it of people that you wouldn't immediately recognize. You recognize them now, but not back then. Like, Dane Cook is in it. Gross. At one point. He's the fucking worst. He is the waffler. Yeah, he was the waffler with his syrup. uh, His syrup of truth. Who is the guy? He he is the character actor that is always in monster makeup. He he was in Pan's Labyrinth. He was in the Hellboy movies. He was in Star Trek Discovery. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. He was in this. He was the penciler or the eraser. And he had like the little pencil head. pencil head he was in it and i doug jones doug jones and i watched it i was like really good for you doug jones getting in on this trash so it also had tom watts eddie izzard 
Uh, yeah, Eddie Izzard was um, one of the disco people. And I think one of the best cameos, and he played the lead frat boy, was Michael Bay. Yeah, oh, there were yeah. a bunch Michael of... Michael Bay was in Oh, this. you know who else was in it? He was one of the gangsters at the final meeting with Casanova Frankenstein, was a very young CeeLo Green. Yeah, there really? were there were a bunch of like weird cameos yeah. in it. And all I'm going to say is... As a kid, I saw this movie, and I'll talk about it later after you're done with your plot synopsis. Oh, but uh, uh, I'm the menstrual hero. I can only work four, four days, days a month. month. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to think that was so fucking funny. Watching this movie, it was not as funny now as it was then, but I was still enjoying it. It's Keep definitely going. one of those movies where different parts of it age, I think, differently. Like things that of worked course. in 99, they don't work anymore, but there's other parts that maybe worked back then that are working for it now. This movie was directed by Kinka Usher. Kinka Usher? Who's who Kinka was Usher? Uh, he really was a commercial director before he did anything else, uh, before he did this movie, and I think he probably went back to commercials before this. But before that, Danny DeVito was actually attached to direct. But he only dropped out because he didn't get uh, something. There was some sort of falling out with the soundtrack. He didn't get the soundtrack style he wanted. Oh, which... you mean he didn't want them to play All Star by fucking Smash Mouth, yeah. which we've discussed on this pod before? <laughs> Fun fact The Shrek was not the first movie to have the All Star by uh, Smash Mouth in it. It was actually this movie, whole, but it didn't do so well. Smash Mouth music video. It didn't do so well. Yeah, there's actually the music video had Smash Mouth in it. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my god. Um, Ben Stiller was also asked to direct, but at the time he was still kind of young with directing, so he thought it was too big of a project for him to take on. And then there's actually an urban legend out there that Tim Burton directed this movie, which I think is pretty interesting if if you look at it. It looks like a Tim Burton sort of directed style movie. Well, and maybe at one point Tim Burton was like thinking about doing it, and like that's why they cast Paul Rubens in it. That's one of the things that they said it had Paul Rubens and the art director that worked on Captain Amazing's death scene. Like that whole, he's one of Tim Burton's like lead animators for most of his stuff. So it had Tim Burton players in it. And I think maybe that's what gave birth to this urban legend. But it's kind of fun. It looks like it it could be a Tim Burton movie. It's very strange. For sure. Janine Garofalo's character was the best part of this movie only because of the here of the minor heroes she actually sort of had the powers even though it wasn't her it was her father it was yeah, her father's kind skull. of a sidekick yeah yeah that was one of my favorite parts of the movie is that they were all regular people that thought they had not that they thought they had superpowers they were vigilantes most of them because most of them didn't have superpowers the Where, shoveler and he just shoveler, like hits people with a shovel Great. you have mr furious you have the blue mr furious he is uncontrollably angry all the time and then you have the blue raja who throws fucking forks at people which is funny because it like is yeah. he is able to throw them with precision very yeah. well he he won't throw a knife because he doesn't want to kill anybody but he will throw forks at people like it's just normal people going out and thinking they have superpowers and it's it's pretty funny yeah and i think it is older but I think that's why it works better now. Because if you try to spoof superhero movies now, it would just come across as another ploy. No, another ploy. You're going to get a, a scary movie, a date night movie. Uh, kind of like that. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a superhero movie and it's going to be making fun of. I think this kind of led way and maybe broke ground for things that are out today where it does um, commentary on what if superheroes lived in the real world. Like yeah. you, The Incredibles, uh, The Tick. 
um, Chronicles, you know, stuff like that. I think it kind of broke. The Boys. Yeah, oh, it the, really, the boys is fantastic it really broke in... ground for stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I, what's the movie about, Frankie? He already finished that. I ex- move on. I said it was like a group of oh. B-list superheroes had to save the Sorry, city. I missed that part. Yeah, so like, <laughs> like, I get, like the plot point that kind of drives the story is that Greg Kinnear is like Captain Amazing. He actually is a superhero, but he's a douche, and he's owned by corporations and. And he has, he's, he's is, owned so much that he yeah. wears their logos. Yeah, he love, has branding. I, I yes. love that his super suit looks like a NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. it's a NASCAR. He's, he's branded. Like, the main villain is Casanova Frankenstein, but he's already, like, institutionalized or whatever. And all of the brand sponsors, or Captain Mason's agent is like, you need to get him out of, like, he's up for parole. You need to get him out so you can have a villain again so we can make more money. So Captain Mason gets him out of prison. So, and then ends up getting captured because Casanova is smarter than him. And that's like where the main, that's like the main plot conflict. Pretty much uh, the superhero did his job so well that there's no more crime to fight and he's losing ratings. So now he's got to have a villain to fight and he messes up. Yep. He messes (laughs) up. And then the B list comes in. I will say, so I've told this story before and I don't condone breaking the law of any kind, but the reason I saw this movie was me, my brother, and my brother's friend decided that we, when I was a child, that we were going to sneak in to the movie theater and see movies for free. And we bought tickets for Mystery Men. So because it was PG-13 or whatever, we could see it. And then we ended up using those tickets. We watched Mystery Men and it was fine. I mean, it was good for a child. Yeah, we, absolutely. We ended up sneaking into Deep Blue Sea and The Blair Witch Project. So we <laughs> saw all three of those. Let me tell you what my least favorite movie of those was. Mystery Man. Really? <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, <laughs> The Blair Witch Project is I was uh, I was 11 years, 10 or 11 years old, so I thought it was the scariest thing I'd ever seen. But Mystery Men was like, we were like, we went and saw and we are like, okay, this is fine. And then we saw Deep Blue Sea and we're like, Samuel Jackson said, <laughs> then we went Sobler was project. Deep, I know, and Frank, yeah, I know the Meg is a guilty pleasure of yours, but Deep Blue Sea is the superior shark movie. Oh, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. It's so good. <laughs> enough is enough. Uh, Deep Blue Sea is definitely better than the Meg. We need to discuss that. Oh, we're, we're, we're so mis- that's, a, that's how I saw Mystery Men and Eat at 11. I very much enjoyed it. Watching it yesterday, I was like, there is a lot of fart jokes and kind of like low hanging toilet fruit, like yeah. the skunk yeah. pumping his leg. And you're like, okay. It's definitely a movie of its time. But also, you're talking about like the, the cheap gags. Also, the camera angles were just really bizarre. Mm. It was very in your face, literally the actor's face for most of the time. Mm-hmm. And they did some weird POV shots. And the one I'm thinking of the most is when William H. Macy's character, the shoveler, comes home uh, to his normal wife, you With know, his gloves. normal life to his wife. She's like putting gloves on his face, but it's like gloves on the camera. And it's just really bizarre stuff like that. They, um, I really like that they were like playing that these people were just normal and doing their best. But I have to tell you, I don't particularly care for Ben Stiller's films. And I didn't, like, they were trying to make him, like, the linchpin that, like, held this thing together. And I didn't think it worked. I thought, like, I did not find his character endearing as the other ones. Like, like, Janine Garofalo was enjoyable to watch because she was just 
bitchy and she like played off of him a lot and she yeah. had her own thing. William H. Macy was like sympathetic. Um Kel he was kept there. It, he kept it grounded. I guess. Blue Raja was interesting. No, William, no H- William H. Macy's character kept it grounded, I thought. But yeah, no, it was fun to see Kel in a movie and uh this maybe it's just my nineties kid coming. I'd be I'd like to see Kale and other things, but I think I think at this point it's probably not gonna happen. I don't like just I know there was like a rumor that he died, but I think he was just like, No, I'm done. Ah uh, yeah, he's still kicking. Um I agree with you, Curly. I after watching it yesterday, I get why I really liked this movie as a kid. And yesterday, when I watched it, it was more nostalgia. Yeah. I remember loving this movie. There is, like you said, low hanging fruit comedy in it but and this is probably a scene i would not have remembered this and i think that shows sort of maturity you wouldn't think this scene is really that funny but my favorite scene is when they roll up in their car next to casanova frankenstein do you know what i'm talking yeah. about and they start attacking his car when they're in the tunnel yeah <laughs> and you ha- in the tunnel and you have the shoveler just banging the side of the car with the shovel you have the blue raja with a fork trying to scrape off paint and ben stiller i was f***ing rolling at this ben stiller's on the hood of the car trying to like dent it and stuff and every single movie makes us do anything goes he goes and this is why you should have insurance in case your glass breaks and he goes to elbow drop the um the windshield and nothing happens i think that i was rolling at that f***ing uh that part i think that sums the movie up perfectly there are a lot of moments in that movie that just come across as weird and maybe childish and then there's moments like that that are just funny and i think that's kind of the beauty of it is it's so polarizing in that i think as time goes on there are parts of the movie you can enjoy others you can't and then that's gonna keep changing it's very dynamic depending on it's like what era you watch it in this is like the family superhero movie like you like your kids will enjoy it you as an adult will enjoy the other parts of it it has both of that will i say it's oscar worthy no absolutely not No, but it's but it's, it's definitely it, um, it's uh, it's entertaining. It was. Sure. Thank you for uh, reminding me of what my childhood was like and Nin- what a delicious nineteen ninety nine. It's a little segment where we ask each other questions, and you got to answer right off the top of your head. Neat. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to sort of stay in line with uh, my overall topic for the day, superheroes. Damn it. All right. I have the same question. <laughs> I'm willing to bet. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be a superhero, but if you could have any superhero's power, which superhero would it be? So you could have their powers, but you're not going to fight crime. You're not going to avenge justice. Who would it be? Mine, simple, the Flash, super speed. Cool. He learns fast. So you could ejaculate even faster than you already do? (laughs) I don't know if that's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Super speed, he's super smart, he can get around quick, he can do a bunch of things. They're not, wait, which Flash? Because they're not all super smart. One of them's a pilot, one of them's just a kid. I I would be Barry Allen. Okay. For sure. Cool. I know nothing about. He's like Flash. the OG, right? He's the OG. T- yeah. No. Um, Hal Jordan. No, Hal Jordan was the. That's uh, Green OG Lantern. Uh, Jay Garrick is the original um, Flash, but no, Barry Allen. He's the more modern one. You know, he could 
vibrate through walls. He can time travel. Vibrate. (laughs) Freak. (laughs) But yeah, the Flash. Go ahead, Curly. Okay, well, I'm going to have to rethink my lightning run question because I have one. But I would be Nightcrawler, obviously. I don't care if he's blue. I, like, I can... You would just have his powers. So he wouldn't be blue. You wouldn't be blue. You'd be you, but you could do everything he could do. I wouldn't have to wear a red suit every time I went for a run. Neither does the Flash, but okay. Um, I... This fucking smart ass over here. I would be Nightcrawler because first and foremost, everyone should know I'm lazy. So if I could literally just teleport to anything I needed to do, you could could bet your ass I'd be laying in bed. Oh, gotta be... And just teleport myself to the toilet. <laughs> I would I would be so fat because I would never walk. I would just teleport everywhere. So question about Nightcrawler. Because and, I don't know as much. Oh, yeah. I don't know as much as about him as you do. Is he one of the ones that he can only teleport to places he's seen before? That Okay, That's so. Jumper, right? No, so they imply that in one of the movies okay. he, he has to see where he's going but that's not tr- that he, he like, has that to was, they, they made that a plot point because what he does is he travels into a different dimension and pops out other places okay so he'd like be i can't i don't know if it's the dark dimension or where he goes but it, like with a blue cloud that pops up whenever he teleports somewhere is because he's transporting through a different dimension and getting out so no it's literally you you just teleport so if you if you wanted to right now you could go to paris if you had this power. I think so. And I would. Yeah. Just to get some crepes. Go get us some crepes. Some crepes. Some... Oh, wee oui, oui. <laughs> No, I would just want to, like, I, like I said, I mean, I'm just super lazy. And even if I had to, like, oh, I have to see where I'm going, like, I can see the work building from my house. So I would literally just <laughs> be like, oh, God, here I go again. I'd go on my front porch and bloop, pop up in the office. But all right, nuts it's time like i yeah nightcrawler like teleporting is the one power i really wish existed all right frankie what do you got all right i'm gonna go with the cliche i'm gonna go with superman's powers because i would never have to worry about my knee hurting again there's no knee hurting no back injuries my body is invincible okay and i can fly Superman's is a great power but hold on it's also kind of a cop out because Superman has so many powers yeah, there, were, mean, there was no fine print to this we know he picked Superman it's fine it's we, we, we forgive him <laughs> what? I'm just kidding what? buddy it's okay don't worry I'll find a way to liquefy kryptonite and, like, you'll be fucked <laughs> But no, I mean, like, it, Superman's a good choice. Like, it is. Like, he has almost every power. I mean, you could say the same thing, like, Wolverine, because you would always be able to heal yourself until you were just, like, tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks cool. for stealing the thing that I was going to do, so please ask Frankie so I have time to think but new. Do you, you want me to go for it? Yes. Go? <laughs> All right, so during this, we talked about some found footage movies. So I think this one could be kind of fun. You have to take an existing movie and turn it into the found footage subgenre. What movie would you choose? I also had a hard time thinking about this one. And I was trying to do something that's a little bit more unique because a lot of times found footage movies end up being horror movies. So I went with Final Destination as one that could be fun in the found footage style. Okay. I I like this idea, but I have a problem with it only because literally, could you imagine... 
um the main actor or let's just say let's just say ali larder just like sitting in her house with like her camera and like something falling over the background She's like oh god like like literally they would just be so startled all the time and like uh <laughs> that's literally you're just watching them sleep and like a tree brush the window and them jumping up and shitting themselves <laughs> like oh it's time he's coming for me <laughs> you all right yeah i would do a muppets treasure island <laughs> and the people holding the camera are gonzo and rizzo the rat Jeez. so you want to do muppets christmas carol but with muppets treasure island i was gonna do christmas carol but i just talked about it last podcast so i changed it to treasure island oddly enough i thought about the muppets movie that came out in like 2012 or 2020 as one of my first answers when i was like <laughs> Because how fun would it be to, like, to see the little Muppet guy think about who found, wants to be a Muppet? A found footage Muppet movie would be so funny. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you're having a laugh, Riot. I think I'd probably think say, funny. like, Iron Man or Batman. Number one, they're not super powered. They're just figuring it out. And some of the best moments in both of those franchises are when they're alone in their like workshop trying to figure it out. So if it was found footage, they'd like, okay, I'm going to set up a camera and try out these machines. And you'd have all that laugh track of them just fucking shit up. Well, there is that scene in Iron Man right, where yeah. it is, he's recording himself and then he like blasts himself onto his right, car. Which so is very like funny. So yeah, it's like, yeah. it, so it proven that proven the method works. So do that for the entire thing. And then you could do all of the fight scenes or something from the view of his helmet as like the camera so you do it in like for what first person yeah and that could be really interesting because like graphically that'd be interesting to watch you could have like a hardcore henry situation going on that movie was awful but yes it would be very similar to that like way if he when he's fight like we could say when he's fighting whiplash like if you had just that as like like give him make whiplash a better character in the movie but like have it all be from the sight of his helmet as he's like doing everything and then like the whips cracking around it would just be interesting to watch yeah. i think that'd be cool i think so yeah and batman would be cool too and because then he'd be just be like sobbing in his closet and like, kind of like with chronicle like kind of like with chronicle he could have cameras follow him around and like one scene, like yeah. he like pops out the drones. Yeah, as he's got like drone cameras that could film things as he's doing it, so you can get those different yeah. perspectives. I think that would work really well. Thanks. Maybe. <laughs> You're such a grouch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pick a non-superhero movie and give one of them superpowers. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna pick, and I'm stalling for time because I had to think of this. On the fly, I'm gonna pick Scream, and I'm gonna make the killer invincible. <clears throat> okay, I because then it's truly like an unbeatable villain, and it's not just a whiny bitch with a knife who stabs himself, and then <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. Also, I can't wait to see the new Scream. Also, that I really want to see it. Okay, I got mine, Frankie. If you need, yeah, something. no, I've got one. Go ahead. All right, so I don't know why this just popped into mind. So I want to do the 2005 King Kong, and I want Jack Black to have super strength. And you just see Jack Black <laughs> fight King Kong perfect. on the island. <laughs> the perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I like that. I'm, re- I'm really glad I came up that with that. That was the first thing that came to mind, so I went with it. No editing uh, there. I'm going to go with Jurassic Park. <laughs> and the whole reason that Jeff Goldblum is laying sideways on the table with his shirt open is because he's got laser nipples that he can shoot at the dinosaurs. Ladies and gentlemen, there has been some drinking today. I would like to point out that he's had no more than three of any of white clothes. I'm just having a good time. We're all having a good time here. And we got on the subject of Jeff Goldblum's nipples. Which is okay. There is no reason for him to have his shirt open on the table. He had to be dreaming. And he had to, he's just like this. Life uh, finds a way. <laughs> Lasers a, a velociraptor in the face. I think this is one of my favorite uh, lightning rounds that we've done. Well, that's the show for this week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it, which was good. But uh, if you, it was fine. It was fine. If uh, you like the podcast, go ahead and uh, like and subscribe. Share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter at No Films Given. Follow us on Instagram at No Films Given, and give us some ideas that you want to hear. We'd love to get some feedback from y'all because we just wing this shit. And for the most part, it works. Yeah, absolutely. Give us some ideas for topics, for movies, anything. We'd love to hear from you guys. Frankie, take us out.